Log Talk Radio. Ta-da! <laughs> Here we are. Yeah, it's another day. It's another episode. And, friends, it's another scene. My scene is slightly different, but Ron's is spectacular today. I love it. You're like, I mean, we got in here. Of course, you know we're in the same room. We're just sitting on opposite sides of the room. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I mean, paintings and space and life is rich and places for people to sit and contemplate and work and for children to have little cubbies do their work in and study in and to look up and see great photos and look at all that open space. You're amazing. You're just, you know what? You're a darling human being with multifaceted everything. And look at the uh, the first thing that I said when we got on, before I even said hello to you, I said, you have a grand piano (laughs) and guitars. (laughs) You know, um, I think that the best creation and work is a holistic creation. It's not one dimensional. It's it's tying it all together in one broad stroke, not one singular dimension, but multiple dimensions where a concept is holistic, just like people, just like the earth, just like nature. Uh, ideas can be the same. So that's kind of how I approach it. This has a day spa in the office right over there. It's mm. got a Pilates studio right there. It's got a sub office in case contractors come and they want their, their comfortable area to go work and get Wi-Fi. It's got a full kitchen. It's got two <laughs> bathrooms and a shower. So and oh, then a great little penthouse area here to kind of sit and watch TV and catch the game. <laughs> Ew, the game. The game. Yeah. I love it. Right. You know, it, and, and I feel the same way. I mean, my offices have always been cozy and with things I love and people I love and photographs all over the place. And, and, and pillows that you love. And pillows that I love that, by the way, love me right back. <laughs> That's the really awesome. important part. And then, you know, I've got a whole scene outside my windows, always either a water scene like it is here or a garden or a forest or something. And yeah, you and I, you know, a huge overlap between us on the very first conversation we ever had was about holism. And I, of course, am talking to you. And in the first three seconds, I thought, ding, 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 ding. We're on the same train. Yeah, I think so. And it's funny that you even, even, some people don't even acknowledge or recognize or their, their consciousness is not really open to that yet because we all tend to have a human behavior that we focus on the one thing we do really well. But mm-hmm. here's the thing, the plate that we operate from in life, it never changes. We just rearrange the food a little bit, right? So it's not <laughs> one thing we're going to eat. It's, it's the fruits and the vegetables and, and whatever your desire is for the main dish. But, you know, it's, it's the whole thing. And so I like, I look at business holistically there's a spiritual aspect there's a financial aspect there's a creative aspect there's a consumer aspect there's just a lot of things that there's an emotional aspect of business so it's kind of fun you know what do you write do you write books you don't write books do you i've written a couple have you because well i'll tell you what now you're frozen did I did I frighten you into a frozen state? <laughs> no, it's it's working well on this side. I do write books. Uh, I've written one called The You of You, 
and I've written another one called Forever Green, A Way of Being. And it was basically centered around a company that I started and founded that went to the world. And it's funny when you see that when you read the book and you see it's, it's declaration from nothing really? to literally speaking to everyone on the planet, what a platform that was to talk to the world. Wow. Wow. I need to read those books. We need to do a book exchange. Yes. Let's do that. I would love to. My book might bore you stiff because you're really educated and smart and all your sentences are probably just perfect and mine are all creative. <laughs> all I, over the place, my own style. <laughs> here's what I think. I think if we've integrated and, and wrote a book about this whole journey, talk about speaking to the world. And, and, and by the way, one of my visions for these episodes was to take the content and, and transcribe all of it and turn it into the foundation for a book. Because what we're talking about is so vibrant and you take the conversation and you put them into, into a template, into a document, and you start editing and crafting it from there and adding the color and the lights and the, the, the photographs and the drawings and, and the music. And you make it not just a handheld book, but a dynamic ebook and not just an ebook but a three-dimensional book <laughs> wow yes yes i like how you're thinking deb yeah and and then you have you tell people look with this book you imagine can, you can upsell an and have it have it come with a touch screen and it pops open for you into life wow so what if it was an ebook yeah it was audio dialogue, yep. but then at certain points, you write songs to illustrate the point that you're at, and then the song would play, you know, and then back to the audio, oh, and yeah. maybe the close is, is actually a talking head who's being authentic and standing out in front of the message of that book and the message of that music and saying, hey, it's nice to meet you. Thank you for reading this book, and I hope that boom, 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 you know, that kind of a thing. That is exactly. See how we just present an idea and it just falls in? I mean, imagine the sandwich that we could make in the kitchen. <laughs> I'll write the songs. I'll write the songs. You write the, you write the content. All right. We got it. And you know what? All of this is rich for exactly why, why we're here today. And, and all, all I had time to type into the, into the platform on um, Blog Talk Radio is You Matter. And you know what? I got to tell you something, Ron. I don't want to be grandiose here, but you and I came onto this, onto this platform and on to do these shows. And we've only been doing them for a couple of weeks. And our, our numbers, as you well know, because I sent out that email, are like in the millions, which is amazing. Our distribution is huge. And guess what? I am so excited to tell you this today. I think I, I told you, like, as I was running in here and passing at the beginning, but we are now going to have peace in Chicago because the, somehow the federals have landed here and they're walking through our streets. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, dear God, Christopher Columbus, there's a movement to get him to come out of hiding and to be re-erected. This is an Italian-American heritage in Chicago that is so precious. Every heritage is. But we need to put our heritage back in place. And my prayer, as you well know, was that we got everybody into the right frequency and vibration and mindset and aromas. So 
so that they could find peace and we could enable these things. And then, excuse me, what was one of the most Nobel things that has happened over this over this past year for our, for our world? Is are you serious? World peace in the Middle East with 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 uh, the 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 United Arab Nation in Israel. And so talk about that. I don't. I haven't read up on that yet. For ah, I saw your text. Oh my goodness gracious! So let 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 me. <laughs> you're excited. I love when you're excited. I am. And, and so, especially the sub the, the subject matter is world peace. And look at you. If I was in if I was in the Miss Universe pageant, I would stand up there in my gown and I would say, "What I want is I want world peace." I know every yes comes up and says it, but I swear to God, I really mean it. Uh, I remember that one uh, outtake from one of those on Miss Universe where that girl answered the questions so bad. Oh, that poor girl. Really? What did she do? What did she say? They asked her a question, and she just talked about nonsense for about 90 seconds, and the poor host was sitting there going, oh, this poor girl. Okay, so 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 here we go. So, um, okay, uh, Twitter explodes over Trump Nobel Peace Prize nomination. This is going to be glorious. And, and, here's, and here's what they say. I, I wish I could just have one pair of eyes that I could see through, that I could see everything with just regular, you know? Okay, so President Trump's Nobel Peace Prize nomination created shockwaves on social media. He was, no, he was nominated by Norwegian parliament member Christian Tybring Gidi who also serves as chairman of the Norwegian delegation to the NATO Parliamentary Assembly. The president cited this president's role in brokering a landmark normalization deal between Israel and the United Arab Emirates, also known as the UAE, during an interview on Fox News Wednesday morning. For his merit, and this is what the president who nominated him said, I think he has done more trying to create peace between nations than most other Peace Prize nominees. Oh, my gosh. We have needed peace in the Middle East. Do you know, I actually, I grew up with a gal. I met her when I was a teenager, but, you know, that was a while ago, so I can say I didn't grow up. I wasn't grown up then. I grew up with a gal. I'll never forget her, Sharon Flitman, who... Jewish family, and she always wanted to go to Israel, so she went to the University of Tel Aviv for university training, for university study, and while she was there, she called her mom and dad in the middle of the night, and she said, I just want to tell you, you're going to hear it on the news, the 11-day war broke out, don't try to get me to come home, I'm staying here in Israel, and I'm fighting in the war, and her parents were saying, there's no war, we're turning on the TV, there's no war, what are you talking about, have you been drinking, her mother was very Jewish, from, from Poland. Sharon, have you been drinking? And Sharon's saying, no. And she's saying, well, what are you talking about? And she said, I'm telling you, watch Daniel Shore. Remember Daniel Shore, the newscaster? Yeah. And he got on there and he said, you know, here we are. It's the war. So it was during, now, excuse me if I get any of my facts wrong, but this was a while ago. The 11-day war was 11 days. She put on combat boots. She carried rifle or shotgun or whatever the ammunition was. 
she got in the trenches and she fought with the Israeli and army and the Israelis. Now this was this was a girl who was, I mean, she was such a feminine, you know, little daisy of a phenomenal personality. But her parents were completely incensed, and she said, "I'm doing this. I feel my loyalty here." And you know, it was amazing. But my heart, I had studied the Holocaust and Judaism and that whole horrible reality and the fights between the the nations over there. And it always hurt my soul, seriously. So when I look at this country and everything that you and I have been talking about and everything that's been going on in our great nation, and I think people are talking about we're going to have a civil war. No, ladies and gentlemen, we're in a civil war. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think it's cool that he got nominated because it's funny. I'll be, I'll be completely transparent with you. Just put it into office. I noticed his temperament, you know, he's kind of a noble, you know, shoot straight shooter, kind of a kind of a gunslinger, you know. So I thought, man, I sure hope that that doesn't get us in a lot of wars. And just the opposite, you know, when he took office, I swear to you, in my lifetime, I've never heard less rumors of war while he was in than while than when he was in presidency. Um, and I, I, you know, I think it's and it's interesting that he's created all this peace overseas, and now some of that energy is transferred here in America, and he's taking action there in Chicago right now. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness for that, because um, I watched a video this morning, and I hate when I catch these videos, but my curiosity always gets me. Yep. It just showed uh, Black Lives Matter just taking cold shots at a policeman who, you know, was just trying to just trying to maintain some peace and civility in a certain um, certain minority neighborhood and the, the cop was just trying to help and this guy just starts punching him out and gets him on the ground and punches him a few times but ironically and again this is where one cop doesn't make the bad force nor does one person make a bad race yes, because right. what happened was the black people that were there took action and protected the cop and I was like that's the kind of things we need right now because, you know, we all need to just stand up for right and wrong. This is not about color. This is about good versus not good. That's right. And that, that's when we need to see this. And that video, if I took anything away, it was hard to see just a guy taking punches at a cop's face while he's on his back. But to see who came to his rescue, who came to the cop's rescue was uh, some silver lining, you know, that that's more of what we need. It doesn't matter what color we are. We need to stand up for right versus wrong, that kind of a thing. And that was uh, inspiring from that standpoint. So I think it's cool that he's being nominated. Um, I got to admit, I was impressed with what's gone overseas, you know, how he's taken action and protected us against certain business deals that weren't so strong, and he just took a stand. And, you know, when you do that, you're not going to make everybody happy. You know what? Here's one of the other things that I really like about him. I'll tell you. The um, and it, believe me, when he opens up his mouth sometimes or writes things, I just I really I don't know why he doesn't allow for me to have a bat phone with him, so I could just dial him up and it would just be him and me, and I could be in his ear and I could say to him, Mr. President, please, could you could you could could I just offer you some scripting just for a moment here? Just try it on and see if it's still gives you the impact that you're going for. But, but um, it, you know, don't call people names. It's not a good example for our children or anything like that. But, but here's the thing. When, when he wrote The Art of the Deal, eons yeah. ago, I called up his office. 
And I talked to his secretary, and she said, would you like to talk to him? And I said, uh, normally I would say yes, but I don't think I can do that. <laughs> I was like too much greatness or something, you know. But I wish I would have because there is a style with, within which you make deals. Now, you know far more about making deals than I do. I mean, you're like, you've got to be Mr. Dealmaker with everything that you've done. Or so I perceive, okay? So don't, don't, don't back off on that at all. It's a groovy image. So, um, oh, and you're a little blushed, too. That's really cute. It puts color in your face. So, so you know, in the art of the deal, it's not about always coming in and being a sweetheart. Because sometimes people are just going to run ruckshot all over you and just think, you know, just shut up and get out of my way. Oh, wait a second. Really? Because I, I came here for a win-win. Oh, I see. Win for you means you win, I lose. So I think he goes in there and he's 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 bred well, you know, he knows his etiquette. But he goes in with, with good intention and then he just lays down the gauntlet. No. Look, look at what you've been able to get away with for all this time. You know, talk about China. Look at what you've been able to get away with all this time. No, we're not doing this with you. I I actually have a theory about the coronavirus. I think it's the gift that keeps on giving <laughs> intentionally in a very retaliatory way because he had made it clear. We're bringing back our jobs to America. We're going to incentivize Americans to stay in America. And so you have to pay more for a baby carriage or a pair of sneakers or those jeans or whatever. Bring the work back home. Right. Okay. Right. We'll bring the work back home for you. We're going to attach a little something, something to it. <laughs> Yeah, try this. Yeah, you're exactly right, you know, because it goes from Chinese manufacturing to, you know, which when I've been to China many times, they adore American-made product in China. The consumers don't trust Chinese-made product. So why why should we? Wow. no, No, I'm speaking very candid. Uh, I've met with many businessmen in China from the government level at the top all the way down to the bottom and everything in between, and they're always trying to get that American, even if, even if it's partially made in China, they'll try to get it packaged in America, you know, oh. so something U.S. can be on that label. And it's ironic that all of a sudden we're asking them to make the leftovers for us here in America. So I think he's doing the right thing there, you know, and, and I think he might be right that uh, – there's many conspiracy theories that say that China was feeling threatened because we were starting to shut them down with hacking and technology and intellectual properties and all those sorts of things, jobs, money, manufacturing, and holding them accountable to the deals that have been made. And all of a sudden, you know, next thing you know, there's a virus here, you know, kind of cramping our, our style a little bit here. And, and, and you know, and I always look for the silver lining and all that too. I don't love the virus. I don't, I don't think it, in my opinion, I don't think it was worth shutting down a global economy, but there were silver lining things that were beautiful that came from it, whether it was quality time with family or, or just getting kind of priorities straight and getting out of the rat race, kind of say, okay, next time I'm going to pace myself a little better. So, uh, but I'm ready for it to be over with. <laughs> I am ready. too. I am so ready for it to be over with. And, you know, I, I agree with you. Uh, you know, like we've joked on here before, 
about how um, it's been kind of stunning, the basic etiquette that people have needed to be either taught or retaught. And quite frankly, uh, you know, even though I'm, I'm, I'm angry with the people who are, are, are looters and rioters, I also, um, I, it's not that I have compassion for them because I don't want to say that because their behavior is so bad, but I have a love for my fellow man. And I think a lot of people were raised without the proper parenting, the loving parenting, and, and, and whether, whether you're a looter or a rioter or whatever you are, but why did we have to go on national television and say, here's the soap, wet it and wash it and, you know, get it between your fingers and get your hands clean. I'm thinking, seriously, I literally was three years old and my mommy was teaching me how to do that. Don't sneeze on people. Cover your mouth when you cough. Don't pick your nose and pull them out and, you know, dance them at people or wipe them on your arms, you know? And people do all kinds of things. Um, If we have learned how to be more civilized, then that's great. And maybe, you know, there's, um, there's one woman in particular who I listen to who people will go, oh, no, not that. Now I know she's off of her rocker and that. But Esther Hicks uh, channels Abraham. And I don't care what anybody says about that. Say, say, say. If you're praying, you're channeling God. So there. So what she says is when, when you are where you don't want to be, then you're living in the contrast. Well, you know what? There's an advantage to living in the contrast. I have really, I don't like living scared. I don't like living insulated, isolated, and with, like, lockdown and put that mask on your face and all these other things. But when you're living here as a nation, as a world, then you look over there and you say, remember, oh, my, that was so sweet. So living in the contrast, there's advantages because you can't just snap your fingers and be back. Let's walk back into this with gentility. And and a well-being that really makes sense. I think America is ready for a level of peace we haven't had in a long time. I think we're ready to embrace our freedom and our liberties and our racial differences, supposed racial differences. I think we're ready to embrace it like never before. We've taken a giant step forward. I don't think it'll ever be cured overnight, but I think we're going to improve through this. Um, and, and I think we're ready for it. And I think hopefully we can get to a place of gratitude where we really are grateful for our country and grateful for all the people that laid their lives out for us and sacrificed and, and lost their families and the families that lost, you know, veterans that, 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 that died in, 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 you know, in battle for this country. And here we are punching cops in the face and burning down buildings. That's, that's our form of gratitude. Um, look, it'll never be perfect, but man, we certainly got to hold ourselves to a higher standard. Two wrongs don't make a right. It just makes matters worse, and, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm seeing right now. But, um, you know, I think we're ready for peace. There was something very interesting that I saw. Um, I am not watching much of the news, but I'm, I'm kind of channeling in and out of it. And I guess not channeling in and out of it. What do they call it? Surfing the channels or something? So um, 
I grew up when there wasn't a remote control, so you actually had to, can you imagine, walk up to the television and pick one of the five channels? (laughs) (laughs) Now you've got 5,000 channels, and I'm so confused. I don't know what to do out there. And a remote, because you don't have to go up and turn it manually. Yeah, there is nothing to touch to change the channel, and it's a flat thing. It's like, if you lose that remote, you're you're gone. Remotes, more channels, and junk food. What a combo, man. And a nice couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a little prepared back here. So, yeah, you are. So um, I saw something. I was, I was flipping around the channels and watching different news outlets, and I see a group at a, at, a, at a restaurant. I think it was in Pittsburgh or Philadelphia. Anyway, it was some peace state and or place, and the people are sitting outside Street, street dining, and then up a level behind like a shade and dining like on a terrace. So maybe the breeze or the bugs or something weren't there. But a riot came by, and they were very proud of Black Lives Matter, and they're just marching up, and they're screaming at people. We're sitting right here, Ron, and they're right here screaming, get up, go home, party's over, and drinking people's drinks. And eating their food and telling them, get out of here, get out of here, get out of here, go home, just go home. And people are standing there. It was all white people. And you can see them. They're like, oh, holy crap, I'm scared. And I would be terrified and not know what to do exactly. It's like, don't blink. Don't give the wrong lick. Don't don't move your body in some way that's going to be offensive. So these people were like grabbing their purses and trying to get out of there. And then there was a group that went inside to the inner terrace, and they were really raucous. But here's what was interesting. There was a girl, a female, who jumped up onto that outer terrace over some sort of like a little wall. And she started throwing chairs up there first. And somebody who she was with said, hey, don't do that. Don't do that. And I thought, really? Really? Thank you. Small gesture, but a gesture nonetheless. So I here's what I think is audacious of me to think, but I do, and I don't care. There's nothing wrong with it. I think that our good energy in the intention that we've put out there every single day that we've been on here for a different frequency, a different vibe, a different prayer, a different meditation for peace. And how about if we all do it at three o'clock central standard every single day? You know, you can't not, you can't not have that float. I'm sitting here on a big, huge lake, a great lake that can't not travel out there. And, and, you know, I think that we have the authority in us as spiritual beings to change humanity, to change the world. And when you do it with love in your heart and complete authenticity, you're not at all mean-spirited. It comes from a place of goodness and kindness. How can that not influence? I I mean, aren't we seeing the tide turn maybe? I think so. You know, I, I think love always should win and love always normally wins and I think we all dread the day that it doesn't in some form or fashion. But I think that um, even some of the people that are peaceful protesters, I know that they have good intentions and and, and love in their hearts. And 
And we need to listen to what their peaceful protest is. Everybody should. Uh, and that's what protesting is about. I think this should be fair. I think, and, I don't, and, and what I don't want to see is, is blur the lines of normalcy. I mean, you know, what's normal, just keep it normal. But let's not find ourselves one day waking up going, wait a minute, this is the new normal? Uh, and we, and we, we object to it or we, or we have uh, resentment towards that new normal. I think we need to maintain what is universally normal. And, and just find the love in every crowd. I mean, it doesn't matter if the crowd is angry. I'm sure there's people in there that, that have love in their hearts that just want to be heard right now. And, and um, I think love always wins. I don't think fighting fire with fire is going to win right now. No, it doesn't. Uh, and, 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 if, and if it does, it's unfortunate. You know, it's unfortunate. So but it might come down. It might have to come down to that. It might. You're right. So... You know, when I see people now, I don't know about you, but I can tell you firsthand, there have been things over the course of my life that have completely enraged me. And I have screamed so hard. I mean, it just complete either fury or anguish, just like insurmountable helplessness. And that was what made me scream. And just, you know, like, how how in the world is this happening? So when I see people screaming like that, I mean, seriously, I think about their neck. I think about their, their arteries, the carotid arteries in their neck. I think about their brain. I think about how, how, how engorged their, their head is getting with blood. I think about how hard their heart is working. And, you know... Of course, these are really pretty young people who are out there, teens, 20s, 30s, and it looks like there's older people out there. But, you know, you really can never get away with that. That will leave its scars on you physiologically. It'll it'll soil their underwear as well, you know. (laughs) You're talking about all the things that would happen, yes. Um, No, I agree. That kind of stuff, uh, I mean, you know better than I do, but doesn't it sort of uh, probably goes, you probably carry it with you until you figure out how to release it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you do. And, and, and what happened for me, um, I, had to, I had to wrap myself around the reality, and I, and I, and I had to scream until I could figure out how it is that I could actually take that agony, that that complete that complete animalistic rage, human rage, and and put it into a voice that someone would want to listen to me. Because while you're screaming, people are just wanting you to quiet down. I love that. It's well said. You know, one of the one of the little elements of you of you is it talks about health and wellness being a matter of deposits or withdrawals. Yeah, I love that. That health, that health in general is energy. And if you're still alive and your finger will work a uh, smartphone, it means you're still alive because that's the electromagnetic energy that's in your body. When we die, you can put your finger on a cell phone and nothing will happen. It's just, just inanimate objects. And so nothing will happen. My point is one of the facets of deposits, energetic deposits, is it's air, water, sunshine, exercise, uh, trust in nature, uh, 
hobbies and passions, but one of them is relationships. And the core message of the relationship is, believe it or not, how we interact with each other, the words that we say, the intention and the energy we project, those are deposits or withdrawals. And we never know when our words are going to be life-saving deposits for somebody who's struggling to breathe and stay alive. Oh, my gosh. And so the, the general bottom line message to this relationship thing is I am responsible for all the relationships in my life. And saying it, you just choke it down. It's like, <laughs> you know, because, you know, now and then there's that relationship that's just not ready. Let it be until it is. Just let it go until it is. But the other 99.999999, you design it. You orchestrate by the way you're being and the way you show up and the way you project on people and the way you listen, the way you're open and not closed, the way you're not profiling or judging, that you're just listening to what they're trying to say. Maybe not the words, <laughs> Trump, but what it is they're actually trying to say, you know? And so I am responsible for all the relationships in my life. So imagine no matter what side of the aisle you're on, if we can really look at it that way, like how can I really design this relationship to be a win-win together? And hear this person and listen, yet don't fully compromise the principles that you stand on and, and, and be heard or be felt more than heard. Because right now people are loud, to your point. They're very loud. You know, as, as optimistic as I am, I also, mm-hmm. I know that there are people out there who will watch this or listen to this and laugh and think, oh, what, what optimistic idiocy. And and there's there's a friend that I have who I really love dearly, who talks about my fairy dust. And and what I said was, yeah, but but doesn't it feel good when you get a little sprinkling? On <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I felt that fairy dust. It's good. So you know, I mean, if you if you have to hang on to the the toughness of life, and and you cannot believe. I mean, isn't every fairy tale and every romantic comedy about the non-believer who then comes to see that it can be reality? I mean, it's like saying to a child that there's no Santa. What are you talking about? I happen to know Santa. That's <laughs> what I always say. You know? As a matter of fact, I love it at Christmas time when people come visit me because they'll go, man, this place is like really Christmas. Well, like what's going? Like what do you? How do you do that? And I said, well, you know, I'm, this is my standard line. I'm giving it away now. Well, I have been seeing someone special. Really? Oh, Deb, are you dating someone? Well, it's kind of on the QT. What's his name? Nick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Nick. <laughs> oh, shut up. We are not. Well, how do you know? I mean, why? Why not? Why not believe? What have you got to lose by believing? And as a matter of fact, how about this? Now, this is going to sound so way out there. I don't want anybody to come after me and try to hurt me because of this. This is all kindness. And I'm not making light or just, or just, 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 just uh, dismissing anybody's pain. But how about if you're driving a car and you are a black person and you are in that car and you do get pulled over by an officer of any color? How about if you just keep your hands on the steering wheel like I do? I do. I keep my hands on the steering wheel when I get pulled over. 
you know, and I just take my hand off long enough to open up the window and just say, um, hi, what, what would you like for me to do? What can I do? Keep your hands right there. And they always say your driver's license and registration. Not a problem right here. As a matter of fact, I got it on my phone. Do you want to see the image of it? Or do you need me to pull out the actual documents? Because I've got them here in my purse, on the seat, in the wallet. You want me to get that? And then, yes, and they watch. Or then they'll say something like, um, you know, and I'll pull the purse onto my lap so they can see me rifling through so they don't have to get nervous. Because why wouldn't they be nervous walking up to a vehicle? They don't know. And then, you know, they'll say something like, you know, do you know how fast we're going? Well, that's actually always what they say to me. Do you know how fast we're going? (laughs) That's the only reason I get pulled over. And I always say, it's true. No, actually, I I don't. I I don't know how fast that's going. What do you you think about how fast that's going? I was kind of dealing with the flow of traffic. How I'm a leader. Yeah, I'm a leader. I just like to be out in front. I can't help myself. I was trying I was trying to lead everybody on the road today. <laughs> you and me all the way. We are leaders. <laughs> Officer. That's so, funny. You know, I you, always give them a little. I hadn't gotten a speeding ticket forever. I'm going to say eight years. Really? Until recently I got one, yeah. And um, I couldn't argue it. You know, I was just I was the only guy on the road. <laughs> and it was early in the morning. There was just nothing, not even crickets yet. And Uh-oh. I just went, I think, 47 and a 35. And the guy was just sitting there. He went, pink, and I saw him, and I went, I just yeah. got out of everything and said, I'm done. I had to have for a while recently over the last couple of years. It was really, it was kind of bad. I, I, got, I don't know what it was going on inside of me, but I'm telling you, I had to have an attorney on speed dial. And he said to me, you have to stop driving that fast. I said, who are you? You have a Corvette sitting out there. And he told me how fast you like to go. I said, I go to a track. (laughs) (laughs) You're supposed to do that. So what I do when I have an encounter with a police officer is I'm completely acquiescent. And, of course, yeah, I want to charm my way out of it. I never get to. I always get the ticket. I always get the ticket, which I think is, you know, I don't like it. But, hey, I am not going to argue or fuss. You know, Chris Rock does a comedy routine where he says, here's what you do in order to not get in trouble with the, as he calls them, police. And it's, and it's, it's hilarious. But, you know, he's got a black audience sitting in there laughing their heads off. And he, and he has an example. He goes, if you've got a woman who's got a big mouth, don't put her in the car with you. Because she's going to get you. She's going to get you arrested. And then he's got, you know, a scene set up where, you know, she's leaning over the guy as the passenger. She's yelling at the guy, you leave him alone. But we can't do that. How about, so here's my point from three minutes ago before the comedy routine here. How about if when you get pulled over and you're going to encounter a police officer, you lead with a positive intention? Come on. And, and you take it upon yourself to understand that that officer, male or female, regardless of young or old and what color they are, they are trained to meet with trouble. 
they're there to enforce the law and they don't know what you've been doing, what you've been drinking, what drug you might be taking. And that includes when they pull me over. It's a good point because in that exchange, the only public servant is, is the cop. That's right. So you, you should probably adhere to that and just make it easier for them to serve because God knows the risk they take every day. And again, I hope the listeners don't take it all. I am saying that all cops are good because there's going to be a bad apple in every industry, uh, including law enforcement, but they don't define them. And I think we've kind of, we're trying to overcorrect an issue and a problem um, by clumping them all together. You know, these are people who leave their wife and their kids or, or their own struggles in life and try to maintain a certain level of hope and peace in spite of what they deal with every day That's out right. there. So, you know, we can look at it from, you know, we don't have, we have enough people talking about the cops and what they have to endure in the day, but it's pretty, uh, it's pretty interesting stuff. But your point about don't put a big mouth in the passenger seat. <laughs> Boy, I have, I, and uh, this is a, this is just a funny story. It has no relevance, <laughs> but um, he never dated and he could talk your ears off and he talked the biggest talk like he was the man. And so finally he has this date. Uh-oh. And he had this Volkswagen Golf. Oh, never no. forget. Yeah, I remember those. And he goes, he, he picks up his date, and he says, you know, and, and he left at about 6.45, and he was home by 7.30. And he came home, and I'm like, Mark, what happened, bro? You finally had a date. Where, where is she? He goes, oh, it's, it's a sad story. Look at my car. And I look at his car, and it's got all these huge things in it, all around it. I said, what happened? He goes, well, I picked her up. When we were driving, and um, we were kind of jockeying for position on the road, and my date flipped off the car next to me. He goes, and we got to a spotlight, a, a stoplight. He goes, and I looked in my rearview mirror, and these ginormous Polynesian gentlemen got like four of them got out of this big this car. They all walked towards this car, and he goes, I just hit the lock, going, and they just went boom. And he says, I was sitting there with my hands on the wheel. <laughs> oh no. So he goes, I was so upset and so humiliated and demoralized that uh, after we left the signal, he goes, I took her home and just came home. And that, that, so that was his first date. Maybe a year later, he went on his second date. This is what makes it funny. He buys a new BMW 6 Series. And he's so proud of it. He picks up this new date with not so big a mouth. Oh, and he's driving down this, this highway and a pack of wild horses come across the track and just pummel his car <laughs> and totaled it on that date. And so that was his second date. The poor guy just wasn't, he's still single to this day. Oh, no. Bless his heart. But oh, man, no. Talk about being traumatized. You know, yeah. but the big mouth got him in trouble the first time. She flips <laughs> off these people she should have never flipped off. Oh, but my a pack of horses. Who has, who has that story to tell? Nobody know? has that story to tell. Oh, my gosh, right. that's horrifying. No wonder the guy is still single. You know, he's terrified. Does he still drive? sweetheart of guy. He still will talk your ears off. But, uh, man, funny stories. So what do you think? Yeah. What do you, oh, we have a Somebody wants to say hi here. Hello, darling. This How is are handsome you? Cannon. Hi, Cannon. This is Cannon right now. Hello. Hello. And he's working at the office today. He was. He gets allergies this time of the year, so we've been taking care of him. Nice. But this is my little uh, ball player. He plays football, baseball, basketball. He sings amazing. 
and he is uh, very good at school, just so proud. In fact, when I drop him off at school, I'm going I'm to reenact it. Shannon, what's most important? Leadership, now goodbye. <laughs> Leadership, now goodbye. <laughs> He's so cute. I mean, he was like, okay. And then, you know, he engages and it's like, yeah, that's enough. <laughs> I would say what's more important, reading, writing, spelling, math, all that stuff for leadership. And he gets it. He's a, he's a really special little leader, actually. He's a special kid so, so far. How old is he? Figures. He's nine, fourth grade. Boy, isn't that a beautiful age? Yeah, it's perfect. Eyes wide open. Eyes yeah. wide open, and they're moving from that concrete stage of cognitive development in being able to just start to think, what if? Uh, that's him. That's so yeah. cool. That is so cool. So you know what, Ron? Uh, I think that your environment, both of our environments in different ways, offer people an opportunity to look at how you can set up your space for yourself and let your creativity just flow through you. And, and the idea is, you know, to take whatever it is that you have and, and use it and, and, and have fun with it, you know, no matter what it is. If it's ink pens and you want colored pencils, well, wait until you can get colored pencils. If it's a, if you want a piano, then figure out what it is that is something that you can have that's musical until you can get that. You know, there's so many opportunities. You know, just sing along. I, you know, everybody's got a phone. It seems like no matter what your financial situation is, everybody's got a phone. You can listen up, well, you know. Yeah, and, and I think that when you start a meeting, you can always declare your intent. Hey, the intent of this meeting is to create structure around this creative idea. Or the intent of this meeting is to create creativity around all the structure, you know, because sometimes structure will squelch um, sometimes structure will squelch out some of the creativity and sometimes creativity will squelch out the structure and they're absolutely mandatory to, to, to go together. Um, okay, I'll get you some. <laughs> Hungry. I heard that. So what do you have there for that child to eat? We have a full kitchen with a lot of food, but he picked a dish that I'm not a big fan of that one of the executive assistants put in the in the cupboard called Top Ramen. So I said, no, I'm going to make you something. <laughs> Get that Top Ramen out of here. Right. Yeah, Don't put it on camera. Oh, yeah, right. No, everybody is. Uh, although maybe we need a sponsor, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I always say, look, I've, I've been around. I've worked. I've made my living primarily in the wellness industry, and I'll tell you what, fanatics—they die every day of self-inflicted stress. That's why they have bad breath. Absolutely. So it's not—it's it, not about being perfect, but it's about making more deposits and withdrawals and living a little along the way. Right. And so I'm not the kind of parent that just, Ooh, you know, I don't freak out. Right. I freak out at I freak out at habits. Nothing. Good for you. Yeah. So what is what is our in the last couple of minutes that we've got on here, what is our advice to people? Why don't you start? <laughs> you know, <laughs> advice you know, the fun thing about this and I want people to know that are watching is that <laughs> advice is all 
interpretive, right? It's, yeah. You know, you can interpret it what you want, but right now I, I would advise people to just really step into their truest purpose of who they are because no external circumstance can replace your purpose and truth. When your purpose and truth are set and your intention is clear and you're living in that, no matter the circumstances around you, happiness can be found. Hi, and, uh, so, so hey, <laughs> well, <laughs> Okay, I'm all standby. Okay. Can your daddy, do you, why don't you stay there and make your daddy hey, a two-headed man for like three minutes? It'd be, a great, it'd be a great close for us. The two-headed man, my co-host. That's my co-host, the two-headed man. Now you're frozen again. Well, I almost found this thing that Say what? You almost started to sing? For, for some reason, I almost got him to sing. Oh, you did? He's, he's a baller, but one little talent that most people don't get to see about this kid is he can sing. Um, but anyhow, I, I would tell people that no external circumstance can replace the joy of living center point to your purpose and your truth. Um, when you live center point to your purpose and truth, the only successful you is the authentic you, and the only sustainable you is the authentic you, and truly the only happy you is the authentic you. Don't try to be something or someone else. We're already taken. Uh, this is a great time just to own up. And what a waste of you it would be, by the way. So yeah, right, uh, right. I think that there's happiness is sourced inside out, not not external. So your, your turn. Well, what would you say? I think, I think it would be awesome if you could um, invite that little man back over and we could end on a little a little harmony there. That would be awesome. Ken, will you sing? Sing, sing a song. <laughs> You know, Shannon, will you sing really quick one verse? Okay, they're wanting to see you. All the chats are saying, bring him on, bring him back. Bring him back, bring him back, bring that little boy back. <laughs> By the way, we did have people trying to call in today. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm not, I don't want to do it, though, without an engineer. Well, I hope that it was positive, but if not, you know, we're always open, guys. I think anybody watching just needs to know that Debbie and I don't think we know it all or perfect or anything like that. We have our own limited views that we're trying to broaden, and that's why we're having this conversation. Uh, You know, we don't even have to agree all of us, you know. We just get to, you know, voice what we're seeing and feeling and try to contribute to positivity. Absolutely. So, you know what, whether we have a little boy here singing with us or – or we inspire you. The notes are there. They're floating around inside of you. Sing your best song. Be your best self. And we'll be back tomorrow. Yes, Mr. Williams? Yes, ma'am. And, Deb, it's always a pleasure. I can't wait to be on with you tomorrow. And thank you so much. It's always a pleasure working with you, especially during the time when it, everything feels so distant, but not today. Not today. <laughs> right. Peace out, my friend. Yeah. Take good care. Right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Peace out, everybody. Till tomorrow. This is your host, Dr. Deb Carlin, on behalf of Ron Williams and me here at Block Talk Radio on the K Factor, where K equals kindness and the factors are all the things that lead to it. And Monday through Friday, we bring you, as one of the factors, 
The Daily Show. It was a real pleasure being here with you. So until tomorrow, peace out.